morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cooled Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Um, this is episode, wow, we're getting up in the numbers now. I think this is episode 37. I could be wrong. No, I think it is 37, so 37 episodes to date. Um, if you haven't listened to all our episodes, uh, you know where to find us. We are pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you can't find us everywhere, let me know, but I'm pretty sure now we're everywhere. We just got added to uh, Amazon Podcast Music or something like that, I think is a new one. So we've just been added to that last week. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, obviously, the main the main places to hear our podcast, where most people listen to it, is on Apple and on Spotify. Um, but we also uh, I also upload this to my YouTube channel, which is Michael Bath. Um, some of you know that already. Uh, purely for people that want to listen to it on YouTube, and there's a few of you out there who say you enjoy it. Um, obviously, when it's on YouTube, um, it does have ads on the podcast. Uh, that's just how YouTube works, and it also helps support the channel. So there's not that many, but they do put ads uh, through the podcast. Um, I think I won't do a long introduction today. I think we'll get Steve uh, through Zoom again. Like I said, we do this through Zoom. Uh, we'll talk about what's been happening. Uh, I did a bit of update on the. Um, we'll do an update on the Porsche Porsche Cooled Stories, which started yesterday. The first one went up yesterday, uh, which is going to be kind of like a regular thing. Not every Tuesday. Of course, when I say yesterday, I meant it went up on Tuesday. Um, so it's currently Wednesday today in London. I'm still in London. I'm off to Bahrain on Saturday again. So the podcast will be recorded from Bahrain from next week. Um, I've lined up a very special guest uh, recording later today, which will air in the next few days, which is James from Auto Amateur. But like I said, I'm going to get Steve on the line and we'll talk about this together. So give me one second. We'll get Steve on Zoom all the way from Sydney, Australia. Okay, we're back. Um, Steve has joined us by Zoom. He's in Sydney. Hi, Steve. Howdy. Good evening. How's it going? Good. Welcome back. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like part of the furniture now, aren't I? You are. Your Porsche Cool podcast. I hear you becoming famous too. People are contacting you and responding, which is good. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm still well, sorry to anyone that is trying to do something like that, but yeah. All right, so um, a new episode. Welcome back, everyone. Um, thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Um, I was just saying to Steve before we started recording this podcast that we've had a lot of support in the last week. Um, the last episode that we uh, just put up, which was yesterday, which was on Tuesday, um, was the Porsche Cooled Stories, number one, with Nick from the UK. Nick talking about his um, Porsche 997 Carrera 4S. Uh, did which you is enjoy really good, that? I've got to say. Hmm? Which is really good, I've got to say, to both you and Nick. Um, it's really thank, interesting. It's good thank to you, hear. mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems to be uh, a, a lot of people seems to, well, it's been, I can, I can only see what downloads are. I don't really see that many comments because there's no comments, but people have downloaded mm. it and people have listened to most of it. So I can actually see that in the stats that I have available. So that's good. Mm. Uh, I've just got to get my microphone in the right spot because I seem to be not be able to read my screen. Yeah, it's um, not an easy thing to do on both sides, like for you to kind of talk to, I know you've kind of hung out with Nick once, but um, talking to somebody that you don't know all that well and sort of trying to keep a flowing conversation that you can record and then I know what it's like on the other side where it might not be your comfort zone to um, talk out loud what is being re- which is being recorded and what you feel like is out in public. Um, yeah, true. Just sort of true. semi-checking yourself, if you know what I mean, because... 
Yeah, um, you you want to share as much as possible, but everyone wants their privacy too, so you have to keep a little bit secret. Sort of, yeah. Yep. In a way. Um, yep. But I think Nick did Nick did very well. So thank you, Nick, for he being did. on number one. He's number one of the Porsche Cool Stories. Uh, there's another one coming up. It's going to be James from Auto Amateur, uh, who's a special guest. Uh, James has a lot to talk about, so I think that's going to be um, a good one. Um, another English just, accent. Hmm? Another, another English, English accent. Everyone well, calls you Michael different, Bath too. Different region. Different region. Yeah. You should introduce yourself as Michael Bath. <laughs> Are you making fun of James? He's going to get paranoid. Uh, no, Nick said it. Nick says it as well. I think. Well, that's the that's the proper English pronunciation of Bath. So yeah, but you I'm, know, I'm I don't. A convict, I don't. But anyway, yeah, I don't say that. I say in the Aussie way, Michael Bath. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we should say that if you haven't been to the podcast before, like I said, I'm Michael Bath, uh, that's Steve. Uh, we talk about Porsche on this podcast. Um, and I'm getting off track, Steve, cause I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> my head is somewhere else. Let me get back on track. Oh, I want to talk about something before we get started. Uh, hmm. I said, thanks for the support. Thanks for Nick for doing that. It's great. Uh, and James is coming up, but I just want to talk about briefly, Steve, and, and you can just listen and comment if you, if you feel like you have something to add here, mm. but I just want to talk about why this podcast was started and it's kind of turned into something a little bit different. And I'm, I just want to say this because of a, a comment that I received um, last week and I'm not going to say where the comment was, um, but I just want to, just based on the comment and Steve knows what comment I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yep. Gotcha. So this podcast, right, is always started off is just about um, liking Porsche, right? It's just about being enthusiastic about Porsche. And as you've always said as well, Steve, we're no experts. We're not automotive journalists. We're not car reviewers. We're just two guys, two mates, talking about Porsche, Porsche life, say, Porsche stories, our Porsche journey. And it's always been like that, even from when I did that first YouTube uh, video back in 2016 now, um, mm -hmm. trying to be sensible. It's always been about that, right? Um, so that's what, what we are. And the Porsche, you know, and... We're not experts. We're just enthusiasts, and and you know the Porsche cooled owner stories in a way is 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 growing on is is extending from that. I don't know if that's the right word choice of words, but it's it's an extension of that as well. It's just it's making yeah. the conversation broader, bigger, um, and making uh, giving a different perspective to what Steve and I have, right? Because we're both nine nine seven owners, and you know in saying that we own nine nine sevens. I don't see why someone that owns a 997 or a 996 can't talk about air-cooled or can't talk about 991s, you know what I mean? We all read similar articles, we all uh, look at the similar things online, um, and we're just chatting. Sometimes we get it wrong, sometimes the information is not 100% correct, but that's the conversation we're having with you, and it's just like if Steve and I were chatting in a cafe and sometimes, you know, we're talking shit and sometimes we're not. True, Steve? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to get it. It's... It's hard to kind of get it right, and none of this is scripted, you know, like, I try to kind of roughly kind of get my thoughts straight, but as you can tell, I'm a mumbler, so half the time I kind of get it wrong as well. Um, no, I think... So, it's not... It's... I, I sort of feel uh, that I can't always be 100% factual about something, because I'm not a car journalist. I don't have a press release in front of me as well, so I'm not kind of trying to... Um, I'm not sort of trying to kind of make it out as if, again, like I'm an expert or I know everything about, you know, whatever the topic is. So 
No, but I, but I, I want to add to that because your insight is invaluable. You know what I mean? You're talking about mm. somebody who has had a 9-11 since, you know, I don't know what year it was, Steve. <laughs> no, <laughs> 2000, is it? Shit, I don't even know what year it is. I don't know. 20 years? 20 More than 20 years. years. More than you know, 20 years. Yeah, for over 20 years, Steve has owned 9-11s. He's owned, you know, three generations. He's owned air and water cooled. He's owned a GT, you know, a GT3. Or is, has, is currently driving a GT3. So, you know, I think, you know, for Steve's, you know, Steve's um, value to this podcast is his insight is his insight is much better than mine. He has the experience with it. You know what I mean? And a lot of the things that I learned, Definitely. no, a lot of the things I've learned about Porsche, you know, did come from you, you know, from talking to you and, and picking your brain. You know what I mean? Obviously, now I look at other things and read other things as well. But it was originally it was, you know, when I was buying the car and sure. Even when I was thinking about buying a car in, you know, 2004, 9-11, when I never did, you know, it was getting the insight from you, you know. I remember mm-hmm. you first told me about the G50 gearbox in the, in the Carrera, yeah. which I didn't even know about, you know, make sure you get an 88, 89 model with the G50, I remember you were telling me. You know, that's I got when, that from my uncle. Yeah, and that's when they were 25,000, you know, and I didn't buy one, 25,000 yeah. Australian. So, you know, that, there's insight there. Um, I hope this is not getting misunderstood what I'm trying to say. But anyway... That's the point of the podcast. You know, we're not always factually correct. We do actually do research. Um, we don't have a script as such. Steve and I kind of like find it better when we have a basic idea what we're going to talk about and we find that the conversation is much richer when we just kind of free flow and we just talk about things, you know. So sometimes there's ums and ahs, but, you know, in general, we, we try to make it so it's more interesting to you guys and it's not like a Q&A, like a backwards and forwards, you know, scripted, uh, scripted podcast. Um, and I think that's the value of Porsche Cooled and that's where, we're, that's where we sort of... Um, and the other thing... Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's sort of like... Because, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. Because um, we don't have access to sort of the type of information, etc., that journalists um, would have. None, neither of us are in that sort of realm as well. So um, we're deliberately sort of trying to play in a different space or sort of talk about things with a different perspective to that. Yeah, our perspective is of the normal Porsche owner, of the average guy, yeah. you know, that might have one Porsche, he might have two. You know what I mean? That, you know, and it's about sharing information and that's, that's kind of what we, we do. And, you know, uh, the 996... So it's recorded. Yeah, but the, and it's recorded. But the 996 episode, you know, the 996 episode, that episode that we did uh, two episodes... Was it last episode or two, two episodes ago, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. That episode was never meant to be a review of the 996. It was just our opinion talking about the 996. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And, sure, I've, sure. I've never and, ruled, and I've never ruled out the 996 as a second 911. I always say that. The GT3 is good. The Turbo is good. I still like the 4S even with IMS issues. You know, we're not doing a review of the car. These, these podcasts are not a review of a car. They're just us talking about what we find interesting about the 996 in our, in our opinion. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, probably the other thing is I apologize if um, I give people bum stews, but it's like a conversation I'm having with Michael, but it just so happens to be recorded. <laughs> um, in saying that, Steve, you know, the information mm. about exhaust and the information about, you know, things you've done to your car, I think are very valuable. And people have reached out to me and said that, you know, things that I've said as well, people find them very valuable. You know, people in the UK suppliers have, have you know, messaged me and said, you know, as someone heard something on your podcast and they came to see us. You know, I'm not going to mention who mm. that was, but you know who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So mm. like... It gives people, it helps people, and it just gives people a direction to go in. You know what I mean? You have to do extra okay. research, sure, but we, you know, we're, just, we're just talking about what interests us. Um, but the other thing about why this podcast is special to me is, is because now I'm trapped um, 
you know, obviously I do live in Bahrain at the moment, even though I'm in London. But as Steve oh. knows, I'm, I'm trapped at the moment and I can't get back to Australia uh, due to the rules that Australia has done with its citizens. It's made it very difficult. You know, and when we're in Sydney, you know, Steve and I might not go for a drive every week, but we talk about, we, you know, we'll meet up, we will go for a drive, you know, yeah. every other week or whatever. We still have that opportunity to do that. Now, the fact that I can't do that and Steve can't do that, this podcast for us is a good catch up, you yeah, know, and during absolutely. this pandemic, which still exists, and Steve and I were talking about this, I think before last week's episode, before we recorded, but for us, it's actually good a good way to catch up and it's kind of... It, it puts you back on the ground and stabilizes you because, you know, Steve and I can chat about Porsche and just, you know, chat as mates uh, and record it at the same time for you guys. Yep. Agreed. Okay. I'd be going bonkers otherwise. Yeah. So it, it's a good outlet. It's a good outlet for us. Um, yep. So anyway, at Porsche Cool Stories, that's like I said, that's sort of the, the idea for that was to give a broader... Uh, a broader community sort of outlook, uh, you know, involve you guys in the story. Uh, people that listen to the podcast can come on and, you know, I'll do an episode with them at the moment. It's just me talking to you. Um, and we do an episode talking about, you know, your first memories of Porsche, etc. Um, and like I said, the one that Nick did is uh, very good. If you haven't listened to it, um, check that out. It's, it's everywhere, mm. as I say. What else? What else? Oh, and then I'm just going to mention this, Steve, just very quickly. We are on, mm-hmm. uh, we are on Patreon. Porsche Cool is on Patreon. If you want to become a member of Porsche Cool on Patreon, you just go to patreon.com, search for Porsche Cool, and it comes up. Um, and if you join as an exclusive member on Patreon, it helps support us. It helps support the podcast. Uh, you get early access. You get 24 hours early access to episodes. Uh, there will be private chats and live Q&As planned, but that's when we have a few more members. At the moment, we have two members. Uh, and every new member I will shout out in the podcast, which I have done for the past two members uh, that have joined. Um, so that's just an update on that um, if you want to become a member of Porsche Cooled. So tomorrow, uh, like I said, today is Wednesday here. Um, Steve and I are recording this in the morning. Tonight I'm going to record an episode with James from Auto Amateur. He's going to reveal uh, the color of his Project uh, 996 car, Steve. He's actually um, decided he's going to reveal it on the podcast. Green. He said he changed the color. He said he was having problems with um, Bally Blue or Bali Blue um, in his last, last podcast. Which oh, he, that's right. You said that it was... Sorry, because I don't follow... Sorry, James, I don't follow him. But um, yeah, what? I thought it already was blue. Yeah. Well, yeah, know. I don't know. He said he's changed it. I don't know what he's changed it to. Um, he also said that they're going to sell that car and he's already had people that are wanting to buy it. So we'll pick James's right. brain um, when I talk to him on the podcast um, today, which will probably go up... I say it's going to go up on Tuesday, but we'll see. We'll see uh, what James has to reveal and see if we want to put it up earlier. But at the moment, it's going up next Tuesday. But anyway, he's he's busy, and I think the podcast with James is is going to be like tough to keep it in during, in under one hour because I'm sure he has a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right. So cool. update on my 911, Steve. Um, mm. I just uh, got an email just this morning about my leather parts. Um, they have not been sent yet. The guy in the UK that was made them, Linas, he's had a few personal issues, so they haven't been sent, but apparently he's going to send that today. So like I said, it's no big deal for me. It's just um, I can't yeah. install them anyway, so they're just going to be sent to Sydney. Um, I asked Steve during the week to do a check for me because I'm, I'm getting a little bit concerned, and I did mention this previously, I'm getting a little bit concerned about my car um, being stored and um, not being driven and the fact that now it's almost been... I left Sydney in January, I think it was, end of January, Steve. So what's that, eight months already? So it's been eight months. Yeah. This is the longest I've ever left the 997 um, without driving it. Yep. 
um, usually the maximum was, I think the maximum was when I came back at Christmas, which was only like five and a half months. So this is the latest. Um, so then I've been thinking, you know, should I put it into storage, into proper professional storage as at Order House in Sydney? I think they're full up, aren't they, Steve, you said? Yeah, they're full up, but um, uh, Scott, who takes care of that sort of thing, he's also the um, the partner in this, the sales side of the business. Um, I've known Scotty for a while, so just kind of gave him a tingle and asked him um, on your behalf just if there might be anything coming up, which he said there's a possibility of it. Um, yeah, I should throw into the fact that obviously I can still help you with all of this too if you need a hand. But but you know that you know the thing that was like I said to you, I'm worried that it's it's not being driven in that amount of time. And other people have sent me sent me messages saying, "Aren't you worried about your car?" But from what Scott told you, it's not that big a yeah. concern. And I won't I won't sort of completely misquote him um, because you know, like it was sort of like a fairly kind of casual conversation, but. Yes. Um, so I just sort of had to kind of recap that, you know, you'd been away for that amount of time and the car was just sort of sitting there, blah, blah, blah. Um, he just sort of said to me that, um, like, 997s are, yeah, you know, like, um, sitting for that amount of time, it's not, you know, it's not like the end of the world kind of thing. Like, the trick to, because I sort of said to him, like, um, if uh, if we need to kind of go and get it um, serviced and the radio done and all that sort of stuff, that I would be the one sort of going over to um, un, un uh, to to take your car and then drive it across to them. So like any tips, and he was just explaining, yeah, look, you know, you just got to make sure you kind of get the car hot. Um, then just you just check for kind of basic leaks, you know, in the coolant and everything else. Um, I'm sure. You'd be asking me to check your um, power steering too because you were you had a little kind of weep there, didn't you? Yeah. So the steering um, rack has that leak. Yeah. Yeah, but like, which is the reason why? Mm, sorry, uh, Scotty. So Scotty is very, very knowledgeable. Um, I, I know he's sort of. Um, you probably should kind of get him on the podcast, but um, he knows a lot about it. But just generally, just generally, he sort of said, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, like it, it should be okay. Like just." You know, turn the car over, get it all heated up, then, you know, um, drive it sort of thing, you'll be able to tell. But just in general, in terms of kind of storage, um, for the fact that, you know, if potentially your car hasn't been started and driven for, you know, say it's like 12 months, um, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like right. The, the car should be okay kind of thing. So. Well, that's good to know because it's probably going to be longer than 12 months by the way it's going at the moment. You know, this is yeah. the thing. I think it's going to get close to 18 months by the time it goes because I, I just, I mean, at the moment I'm almost giving up hope. But I can sort that for you. And, like, then I just sort of ask the question in terms of, well, you know, how how often do you think, you know, it really needs to kind of be turned over or um, driven as such? Um, and I think he sort of said, oh, look, you know, once a month or every couple of months would be okay. So, yeah, it's you know, very like, weird. About if it was this- me, I know. I know mm. if it was my car, I'd be kind of going, oh, you know, or even with my car, I sort of try to drive it maybe once a week or once a fortnight kind of thing. So um, it's it's very weird though because be people say that it's not good just to turn the car over. If you go onto, I think I saw it on Renly's some thread or somewhere that people are saying mm. just to start it up is not actually good. You should actually drive it. You shouldn't just start it up and then turn it off. See, I don't know. There's so many like stories out there. It's very hard to know what is right and what is wrong, right? Was that for an air-cooled car or a water-cooled? Ah, good point. I'm not sure. Maybe that's because, air-cooled. See, that's, 
that was one of the things when I was talking to Scotty, I think, like he, he knew who you were because he'd obviously contacted him before. But yes, he I did. said, um, he sort of said, oh, is this a 3-2? And I said, no, 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 this is a 997. And he said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, obviously the penny dropped a little bit in terms of just reminding him. Um, so perhaps like with an older car, it's more crucial to kind of turn it over. Um, uh, right. Or with an air-cooled car, I don't know. So it's air-cooled. Could be, could be, I don't right, know. Right. Again, don't quote me. Yeah, it was just unfortunate. I mean, you know, I tried to organise that at Christmas and there was nothing available and then... I think a few days after I arrived back in London, he said one's come up. So <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like, just like that, you just miss things. It seems to be my luck at the moment. But, you know, thinking about uh, the car, Steve, thinking about the 997 yeah. and thinking about, you know, the issues when you're not there. You know, here I am thinking, you know, wouldn't it be good to have two 911s in Sydney? But, you know, Tasha tells me, my wife tells me, she said, what are you going to do with it if you're not there? You can't even manage the one you have, you know? And and I have to say, <laughs> it's kind of true, right? I'm kind of being a little bit... <laughs> You know what I mean? Don't like, fall for that trap. What are you doing yeah, there? <laughs> I mean, is that a trap? Um, you know, I know what I know. Nick will be listening to this and he'll be saying, that's why you want to get one in the UK. Um, so I know I, I, I don't think I can manage to 911 Sydney. And then I had a really crazy thought yesterday. I don't know. I have these huh. crazy thoughts and I mentioned to this before that if I sell my 997, which I said I would, didn't want to don't do. Don't do it. If I sell yep. my 997 and buy a, you know, a 912 or a 964 or a 993 or a 993, you know, Carrera 2, 964 or Carrera or Carrera S993, which would be <laughs> probably too hard to find. But then I'd have yes. to sell my 997, right? But it still doesn't solve the problem of not being in Sydney and having to deal with it. And, and, and people ask me, how come you haven't bought a 912 yet or how come you haven't? It's because purely because I'm not in Australia and I wanted to get the second car in Australia and... How can I do that when I can't get back to the country? You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's sure. kind of where it is. And I think just getting a 912 purely as your only Porsche, I think, would be a big mistake. I think the 912 is something that you would get. A classic 911 like that, a 6570 911, Steve, it's something that yeah. you would get if you had another more modern 911. Absolutely. I don't, think you, I don't think you could just live with it. You know what I mean? I think you'd miss... I think, and I'm because I've never driven a car that old, um, as in a 911 that old, um, I'd imagine that you'd miss the kind of proper performance of your car or anything of that generation or around yeah. about that. And the problem with the 912... Because I reckon you can... Sorry, go again. No, but the problem with the 912 too, being a four-cylinder and being not that powerful, you know what I mean? It's more yeah. more about the experience, I think. I think a 964 or a 993 would be okay, but I think a 912, you couldn't just, uh, you couldn't just have that as your only 911. I was thinking about that actually because um, only Porsche. Sorry, I remember when I had my 964 and 993. Like again, this is twenty something years ago. Um, they obviously felt quick for the time. The 993, when I first got it, was still a quick car. By the time you know, like twelve years later, um, you're probably kind of getting smoked by you know Golf GTIs on the street. Um, still felt quick in terms of the experience, but you'll never you'll never really be able to kind of keep up with it. But I guess I'd love to kind of jump back in a 964 or 993 now, but I'm guessing that it probably doesn't feel all that powerful now. Really? We should do what um, Zuckerman and Spike do. We should, like, buy a 964 and share it. Then you can look after I, it. Yeah, we could, but um, <laughs> we need Spike and Zuckerman's um, income. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, people think we're rich, but we're not. No, no. Well, I know I'm not. If you've been hiding something, that might be different. But I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where – that's just a bit of an update. That's kind of where my head is, um, you know, so it's all – Well, I keep saying it to you. I'll say it, I'll say it on a podcast. Um, I can still help you with the car thing in terms of even if you don't get to the storage bit, I can still kind of go over and turn your car over and all that sort of stuff. That's fine. Thanks, mate. Hard. No problems. All right. Um, so that's a bit of an update on my Porsche dilemma. I don't know if it's a dilemma. It's just a Porsche, my, what I think about during the week. Let's talk about you, I Steve. I can understand you kind of worrying about it, but... Um, I worry about everything right. at the moment. Oh, yeah. I think everybody does, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you... Did you drive the car? Did you drive your GT3 this week or not really? Uh, I went for a quick... I met some friends today for a quick um, coffee, outside coffee. I'm still fairly conservative in my approach to pandemics and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just drove to Balmoral. Um, okay. Sat out in the open and just sort of met some friends. Oh, nice. Drive wasn't that great. I don't know why. The, just a bit of traffic and everything in Sydney. Mm. But um, the weather's warming up. Balmoral is a... I love Balmoral. For people that don't know, Balmoral is on the harbour in Sydney. It's a very exclusive area. It's a very beautiful place near, near Mossman yeah, in Sydney. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Um, we used to swim there all the time. Tasha and I used to always go right. swimming there for a long, long time when we lived uh, on the north side. We actually went to, um, uh, Cindy and I went out on Sunday to Barrel, though. Um, oh, nice. We took the freeway. but um, You took the GT3? No, we had, um, we had Baby with us. So oh, we that's right. You have to take the Macan, the Macan Turbo. Yeah. Steve, um, don't, Steve doesn't do things in halves. It's GT3 Turbo. No basic yeah, right. models here. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> it's quiet. I said it to Cindy as we were driving along. She loves it, which is great. Like it's her car. But um just by comparison, you're just kind of driving down the freeway and it's just so quiet. Wait till the electric one comes out. Yeah, it's just such a such a different experience compared to the GT three. Um Would you buy an hmm. electric Macan? Uh I probably have no choice by the time that we kind of get rid of this Macan, right? Yeah. Macan um, is it? Sorry, I say Macan. You say Macan. I don't know, whatever. Bath, but you're bath. Michael Bath. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably wouldn't. I suppose by the time the electric McCann comes out, it'll no doubt be sort of based on a Taycan. So, like, I wouldn't buy a first generation Taycan. Yeah. But, um, There's a good review actually on Marcus, what's his name? MKBHD, whatever it is. Marcus Brownlee, the tech oh, yeah. guy. He did a review. Yeah. He's a Tesla owner, right? He's owned a few Teslas, yeah. I think. Uh, he did yeah. a review. It's up. I think it came up last night on his thing where he does a few car reviews. Uh, and he reviewed the Panamera Turbo, Panamera Turbo oh, right. S, or oh, not Panamera, Taycan Turbo S. Taycan. Yeah. Yeah. And he said it's you know obviously it's different to the Tesla and it's it's quite a good watch actually. I I would watch it if you haven't watched it. It's actually quite a good watch because it's it's a good perspective oh, okay. from someone who's a very big Tesla fan. But basically, I mean you know Porsche's done a Porsche's got it right. I mean people are giving them a lot of credit for the the Taycan. I mean it's getting a lot of respect. So. I mean, I think they're on to be a, interesting. A, another winner. Be, because there's obviously, there was that Lucid American sort of high-end electric car that got launched and got yeah. lots of um, press. And then I suppose once all the um, the Volkswagen Group variations of a Taycan come out, it'll be interesting to sort of see the how they're all kind of slightly different. Or maybe maybe because the electric car platform is... Just that, like a platform, I wonder how close they'll all be to each other in terms of the experience. I think it's in, in, in the problem is, and this is, you know, well discussed 
everywhere um, is mm. that the Porsche charging network is not up to the same level as Tesla. Yeah. And how could it be yeah. when Tesla's been around so long? Tesla's superchargers yeah. are everywhere. In the UK here, it's just so easy if you had an electric car. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's still that easy in Australia, but here it's so easy. And his comment actually on that review was the fact that, you know, that's probably the only downside that the fact that Porsche doesn't have the same network yet as as what Tesla yep. does. And apparently Tesla originally said that they would let Porsche use their superchargers or let any other company use their superchargers. <laughs> apparently <laughs> sure Tesla has not apparently Tesla is not doing that. And then he oh, said okay. there was some video yeah. on YouTube that someone had worked out some hack. Because you can't just go and charge at a Tesla supercharger or your Porsche for some reason. I don't know the technical right. reasons. But there's some video on YouTube which he flashed up, which apparently someone has was at a Tesla supercharger charging their Taycan. So someone it's just early days. So they've worked once, out the hack. Mm. Once Volkswagen Group kind of, you know, like they're investing so much money um, into electric cars. There was that thing in the press about Rimac's being... Yeah. Well, that, their technology um, is Rimac, right? Porsche's technology yeah. is Rimac. Well, and they were a stake a share, like a sort of fairly major shareholder, but now they've taken like a massive... What is it? Rimac's is um, sort of... They've just they're swapping gonna, Bugatti for all of yeah. like forty nine percent of their own yeah. company. They're going to buy um, Bugatti. They're going to own Bugatti. Remac is going to own, which Bugatti. is genius. Such a smart kind of move. Volkswagen Group is basically going to obviously, I reckon, just smash electric cars in the next few years. So that that waiting towards Tesla maybe their kind of advantage might not be quite so great P- when it comes Porsche to tying charging up, and stuff. Yeah, but Porsche tying up with Rimac was pretty smart, right? Because their technology yeah, was course. pretty good at the t- their, their technology was good and and obviously there was some yep. deal done where I'm guessing there was some deal done in early days where they come in and do the platform and then I reckon yep. that Bugatti thing was always going to happen. I reckon that was always part of the the big plan. But does that mean the Bugatti then is going to become more of an electric Yep. Supercar. They're going to get rid of the W12, yep. whatever it is, and it's going to be a, a hyper electric hypercar. But then, when you think about it, every car is going to be like that. You know, True. Come, however, I don't know how long that is, but um, next ten years, they say. Like next ten years is going to be where it's going to happen. It's funny. We're getting old, eh? It, it goes quicker anyway, than you think. It, it goes does. much quicker than you realize. Yeah, cars will be like steam engines soon. Be like people riding horses in the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> Porsche is like a brand of horse. Porsche yeah. 911 is like a horse. What horse did you used to drive? Okay, so uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about today, we want to talk about the um, the the, D, the PCM dilemma in the 997 and in the 996. Hmm. I guess in 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 the older generations of um, 911s, um, people who own classic 911s as well have the radio, the 993, 964. Um, everyone knows, and this was. Uh, Actually, before I get into that, I mean, as I said last week, Steve, I, my, my PCM is pretty much useless. I can't do calls on it anymore because 2G was turned off and I used to use a SIM card, as I said. Um, yep. The 997 original PCM, I think mine is 2.1. I think I call it 2.1 from memory. I, can't, yep. I think so. Um, I upgraded the maps on that when I first bought the car. I bought maps. They may not have been OEM maps. They might have been some dodgy maps from some guy in Queensland, but I did buy maps for the car. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy that was selling yeah. maps, I don't yeah. know. Because the maps at the time were last updated, I think it was 2014 or 2015 when I bought them in 2017. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think I checked recently and I don't think the maps have even been updated since then because the maps are pretty hopeless. So can I ask, did you did you actually ever use your navigation? Yeah, no, I haven't. 
I bought the, the maps. I think they only cost me, they cost me very little. Uh, there was a, there's yeah. a guy in Queensland that does all these things. Uh, I think they were like $100 Australian or something for that. I know what you're saying. I and did the same thing for my um, yeah. 1M. Yeah, it comes yeah. on a CD and it all looks like legitimate, but it's not legitimate, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but I updated it and then, you know, uh, our street in Sydney where we, li- where we live actually turned up to be correct, like it was not even right. They didn't even, couldn't even find the address because it didn't exist at that time. There was no building there, so it didn't exist yep. or something. I don't know how because it was built before 2015. Um, But there was a lot of weird things. Um, I think I tried it once and it was so bad I just didn't use it again anyway. Yep. Anyway, uh, when I was talking to Nick in the podcast, I think I might have mentioned he's got the Mobridge system and I know that the guy in Sydney that you know that installs it. I think I'm going to do as a temporary measure for me to make my my car more accessible. I do like to be able to have the ability to take calls every now and again in the car. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you can stream. I music. Nick's perspective was interesting. Yeah, Nick said he doesn't like calls. Not important. Doesn't 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 talk in the cars. Like wow. Yeah, <laughs> you're disciplined. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you have to, you have to, right? So I think I would get the Mobridge. I think I get the Mobridge, and I think I would um, just do that as a stopgap. Uh, and it's a stopgap basically until um, Porsche announced this new system that they're doing, um, which has got Apple Play, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto which is, hmm. what do they call it? Porsche Classic Communication PCCM Management. Plus. Yeah, so yeah. it's either PCCM or PCCM Plus. PCCM Plus, Plus yeah. is for the 986 and 996. It's not yet available for the 997. Yeah. I'm guessing that, Steve, is because the 997 isn't at classic status yet where the 996 is. Yep. Based on you know Porsche's timeline, how they do it, the, the 996 is now a classic, classic 911. So anyway, I was just looking into that. I mean, there was a really good, um, there's a really good video. I mean, obviously this Porsche system is expensive, right? It's not cheap. It costs a lot. I like, I do like how it's OEM. Uh, that 911 guy, uh, Lee uh, from Total 911, he installed one in his car. He said it's quite yep. expensive. He loves it. I mean, you know, I'm a bit crazy with certain things, you know that, but I would actually pay them extra money instead of getting an aftermarket system. That's okay. I, I, I'll confess that I probably would consider it too. I know we're going to, about to talk about what I've got in my car, but um, yeah. I'd consider it. It's, it. It looks like looks like the um, the 996 version is heinously expensive. Like by the time you install it, you're up for yeah. what, four grand or something? Uh, I think he said, um, I think uh, that Lee on said that it was somewhere like 4,000. Anyway, that 911 guy on YouTube, which is Lee, if you don't know him, from Total 911, he did a review of it last week, so check that out. It's about the PCCM Plus because he's got a 996. It looks, I mean, I always thought this even from the pictures that Porsche released, it looks nicely integrated. There's a couple of odd things, but, you know, this is always going to happen when you put something in a Porsche that's modern into an old Porsche. There's going to be things that you have to, like, stick somewhere. Um, the yep. mic is on top of the steering wheel, Steve. You notice that in the video. There's like a little mic, um, but I think the if you get factory one is as well. It's just that there's not a little kind of thing that sort of looks like it's stuck on. Um, the factory mic is in the same position. Yeah, my steering wheel though has little holes underneath. I think it's inbuilt. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah. I'm, I'm interested that they couldn't take that panel off and put the mic underneath where the old mic used to be, though. So it's more concealed. Yeah. I mean, you know me with, I don't know, lumps and bumps everywhere kind of annoy me. And then there was that little square box on the right, near his uh, right-hand drive, obviously. So it's on the right-hand side. Oh, I thought that was really clumsy. You're right. Near the dashboard. Yeah, it's a little box. I don't know how, what was it? Five centimeters by five centimeters. 
And that's the GPS module, which has to go on the, on the dash, stuck on the dash. Oh, no, sorry. You're talking, that's the, um, is that the GPS or it might be the um, digital radio antenna? Uh, he said GPS module. I'm not sure if that's correct. But, okay. yep. but you're right. This system does have DAB. It does have digital radio, right? So yep. the system does have that. So you, there would have to be an antenna for that. I guess. So maybe the yep. GPS module is, maybe the module is GPS and DAB, maybe it's both. I've got that on my aftermarket one and it's like not the prettiest thing, but if you want it, you have to have something stuck to your windscreen basically. But, but his is not stuck to the windscreen. He stuck it on top of the dash. I think if it was stuck the dash, in the bottom, yeah. I thought if it was stuck at the bottom corner of the windscreen on the driver's side, like at the right-hand drive, it's, it's in the bottom corner. I think I would prefer that more than having it stuck on my dash. I don't know about having things stuck on dash. I know people do it with phone holders and stuff, but it always looks a bit messy. Yep. It looks very messy. Yep. Um, the other thing which I always thought was odd too, and, and you can see it in his video, which is um, that little aux-in USB box, which is under the that's unit. That's the bit that's very clumsy, yeah. Yeah, and I think he made a very good point actually because um, Porsche's images and all their videos and everything, they always show it centred. Uh, I think you have to buy a little uh, module as well, a little uh, dash uh, plastic bit as well. I think that has to be bought. Well, he made the point about it. I didn't quite understand it because I don't have a 996, but um, there's obviously something originally in that slot. So then you're replacing it with like just the cavity, the tray, and then which was a factory option if you didn't have a particular thing. It's probably something to do with the climate control or something like that. Ah, um, right, right. So you're removing all of that to kind of put the cavity in so then you can have that, um, that extra box that gives you all your um, Oxin plugins and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think Which he, is a little bit, little bit unfortunate. Yeah, it's a bit clunky. It would be nicer if it was better integrated. Um, I don't know. You think Porsche would have made like a little box or something where it was like flush or something. But I think what he's done is is correct because in on the like I said all the Porsche images show it centered in that console he's put it more to the left or whatever so his phone yeah. can sit next to it. I think that's the way to do it if you get get them to do it. I mean he had his Why install. Why wouldn't you plug it into the um into ah, good the point. glove box or the center console though. Yeah, why couldn't they wire it up to that? You think they'd actually I'm sure I'm sure I'm asking a question that's really obvious because with aftermarket stuff that's pretty much where you plug everything in as well, but Yeah. If if that's just that box, you should be able to put that box in your console and have it hidden. Maybe the 996 one's probably Maybe the 996 is different. Narrower than, yeah. Maybe the 997 it will be though because you've already got that module in there. Yeah. I mean, I think mine, mine doesn't have a USB in mine, though. I don't have that. Mine just has a um, charger. Yeah, Mine's just, mine. Yeah, I know some people well, have the no other. I, mine, sorry. Some people have the modern iPod um, connection kit, which was available as an option, <laughs> which, I think, yep. which is, you know, obsolete now. Hmm. Modern. Uh, yeah, at the time, the iPod module. And I think what was interesting, too, you know, it looks like it's um, Porsche sort of got it you know, done it right. I mean, the sound, I mean, he did a test on the microphone and the sound was really clear apparently when he called his wife. Um, hmm. But I thought the cost is, the cost is a big factor, Steve. Um, and I'm hmm. sure in Australia, it's going to be double this price. Uh, he, he said it took a full morning's work and they booked hmm. the book time that Porsche puts in is 3.2 hours to install it. And it was 2,200 pounds fitted for the, for the uh, plus version, the PCCM plus. Um, so it's what's a, that in Australian dollars? What's the conversion then? Oh, uh, what's that? Four four. It's about four thousand Australian dollars. Yeah, which is expensive. Which is expensive, but but that's expensive. You sell the car, you have the car. It's still you know the little 
you know, and I agree, the little Porsche print on the top, it all looks very OEM. It looks like it was there yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. It looks inter- it looks integrated apart from that box that's underneath. If they didn't have that box, I think the other yep. two things you could almost ignore, you know, the, the microphone and the yep. GPS box. But I think that little Oxian USB thing is a bit, mm, you know, maybe they had has- some, Like they obviously had the same sort of retro um, mod thing for 993s and 964s, and that looks unreal as well. Like new new kind of um, head units with all the kind of flashing lights and the kind of chrome plastic bits and pieces never, they're never sort of integrated with um, the interior of those Porsches and nor do they with a, um, a 996. So I can absolutely understand why you'd want to do it. Like my nine, my 993, I spoke about it before, I had a Becker head unit in there that um, had sort of like orange backlighting controls and all of that sort of stuff that kind of looked quite factory so it was it was sort of palatable for um for that era of car but um and those beckers became really sought after and really valuable um once they stopped making them as well right so you don't really have that many options when you're um when you're in that world if if aesthetically you kind of want you know it all to be in keeping so it's a look it's a genius move from porsche in terms of releasing um that sort of product and but they're charging you a premium for it because i'd love to know um who makes it yeah who actually makes it and then obviously what's going on is that um porsche is customizing it so it's got a little bit of sort of design features in terms of the industrial design of the unit itself is integrating into the look of your interior and then I'm guessing that there's other little bits and pieces um, in terms of the software and the operating system are integrating with what was your original PCM. But maybe it's easy to update because it's Porsche as well. Maybe they do updates on it. Yeah. It's easier. Maybe that's It's not like they're thing. really building it from the ground up. Because, no, it'd be know, interesting like who they... I don't know. Who, who do Porsche use for all the PCM units? I wonder what company they well, use. Well, they used to use Becker back oh, right. in... Oh, that's right. But yeah. I don't think Becker make um, sort of no. systems anymore. I'm not sure who it is now. I mean, you know, like I said, it, it was a really good fit. And I mean, I think that's what, and we'll get onto that when we talk about your system, but um, mm. he said there's mm. obviously aftermarket systems for a third of the price, um, but aftermarket mm. systems um, don't always look that well integrated. There are always some issues. Um, and I think you overcome that with yours with the, with the surround, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's just It looks the, good. That yeah, review is really worth watching yeah. um, too. Like I think it was quite, um, he was... Uh, he pointed out all the bits that I was kind of curious about when I watched it um, and it would get me thinking, you know, once the 997 version kind of gets released as well, even at that price. Yeah, I think, I, like I said, I would, I would buy it. I would, even, I would spend mm. the money. I wouldn't hesitate. I, think I know you would. I would do it straight <laughs> away. I'd, I would do it straight yeah. away. I did read, though, that the, on some of the classic forums that a lot of the, some of the people that own 964s and stuff are not so keen on it. I've noticed there's a, quite a few... 964s, 993s and G-series and stuff that people are putting in the new system, this PCCM system. But I think there's some older people that like the original radio. They like to keep it original. They still think it doesn't look original enough when you update it. Yeah. I think it looks pretty good when you see it. I know it's got the colour screen and it's much smaller in the classics, um, but I don't know. Just a compromise. You know, like if you want that sort of functionality, um, if you want the functionality and you sort of want the convenience plus um, the ability to to talk on the phone, to listen to, you know, um, music that's not on a CD or a cassette, 
Well, then that's yeah. You kind of have to sort of find a compromise somewhere. Yeah, and your CD, you can't control your CD changer anymore, so your CD changer just becomes obsolete. Um, mm. And the autopilot feature that mine has, that Bose thing where, you know, the sound adjusts depending on the engine or whatever, that, that thing, I don't oh, even know if it? that even yeah. works. My Audi had that sort of same system, but apparently that doesn't work anymore. They're all, they can't be controlled once you change it over. Um, yeah. And the only classic cars you can't get it for is the 356 and the Pereira GT. But apart from that, everything else that's in the classics, you can actually get um, an upgrade. So right. it's available yeah, right. to a lot of people. But it's very clever of Porsche. They're going to make a lot of extra money out of this for sure. Oh, yeah. For Huge. sure. But it is, it is top dollar. Um, so that's the Porsche alternative. Um, like we said, for the 997 at the moment, it's not available. I did hear through someone I won't quote who told me that apparently the 997 one is coming soon. But, yep. you know, soon to me, if, the, if Porsche gives classic status to cars over 20 years old, correct, Steve? I think that's how they, they judge I'm it. I'm not sure. I think you might be right. Yep. I think it's 20 years old. So that means that if they're doing one for the 997 and the 997 has to be classic status and the 997 launched in 04 means that it won't be to 24. Right. So that's not soon to me. That's like four years away. So unless Porsche is yeah. going to release it anyway sooner. I mean, because they've realized how successful it is. It would be, I'm, I'm guessing it'd be pretty easy for them to do it for the 997 if they've done it for the 996. Um, okay, so that's it. So, Steve, let's talk about, mm. and I don't think we've talked about this in detail before. I think we just mentioned it in passing. Let's talk about mm. your, um, what you installed in your car because you've got an aftermarket system. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah, cool. So let's just talk about what you did. And So I my car came standard with exactly the same PCM 2.1 that yours did. And this was however long ago, six, seven years ago when I picked up the car. I sort of lived with it for a while, but um, I did want to listen to music um, through my iPhone um, in the car, plus sort of take calls, etc., etc. So it's same conundrum as everybody else. I reckon maybe the difference between a 997 and a 964 in terms of this whole upgrading thing is that um, it's easier to kind of to update it without sort of and make it look aesthetically okay. So basically I opted for a Pioneer. Um, it's got different names around the world. It's a Pioneer AVIC system. I think it's F60 is the model I've got. So at the time it was brand, brand new. It was sort of like the, um, it's a touch screen, so it's a full, I think, seven inch screen, um, pretty good kind of resolution even to this day. Um, and the way that you kind of make it aesthetically integrate into the, um, the sort of dash or whatever you want to call it is um, you can buy kind of kits. So it's, a, it's just like, it looks, it looks similar-ish to sort of like um, an integrated system in a 991 where you've just got your touch screen and then the um, volcano grey plastic surround kind of matches perfectly pretty much. I don't think you could sort of tell that it's um, not actually like a Porsche part. Um, there's some, look, from a looks point of view, there are some sort of extra buttons that obviously aren't exactly the same shape. There's a little Pioneer logo on it. So at the time, um, you could choose between Pioneer and Alpine. I don't think Kenwood had a system at the time. Right. Um, but Pioneer was the right one, wasn't it? When you bought it and you did the research, Pioneer was the better one. And yeah. I did remember reading yeah, about yeah, that yeah. on forums as well, that people were buying the Pioneer. Yeah, and I don't think actually they've updated it too much since because I kind of, uh, you know, just been sort of tinkering and having a look as well. Um, the only difference between the model that I've got, um, I think they've updated a little bit, so there's maybe some extra connections. But 
Um, I think the only thing that it's missing is wireless car, car play. So I'm an Apple person, um, not Android, and that was one of the important things to me to kind of get CarPlay um, in the car. I just sort of, it's a lot more intuitive for me and easier to use, etc. So that, um, that surround that you've got that makes it more integrated, is that mm. someone just makes it in exactly the same plastic and it's the same, yep. it just makes it, because you can't use the actual Porsche surround, the Porsche surround is obsolete once no. you install something else. No, because if you think about what, was there at the time like the system that you've got has like a the number pad you know down yeah. the left side yeah, and true, like a true. much smaller screen and all of that sort of stuff so that whole that whole unit slides out and then you um put the new head unit in and there's a plastic trim piece that kind of clips over the top yeah there's and two plate. different ty- types there right. is one that um has like a white porsche logo at the top for people that feel like they want another porsche logo in their thing mine doesn't have that because um Shout out to um, Chris. Um, Chris is the Porsche audio specialist in Sydney. Um, he's the man. He's the guru. He he only works on Porsches. Well, I know. Sorry, he works on other cars. But um, if you're going to get anything done um, from a audio system point of view to your car, um, Chris is the guy to do it because he knows the cars inside out. He knows how to pull it apart without wrecking anything. Yep, that's who I'm going um, to use. For he the knows Mo how Bridge. it's all wired. Mm, that's what I'm going to use for yep. the Mobridge due to your recommendation. Um, Chris sourced that um, surround for me, um, and he's a good guy. He's a he's a lovely lovely guy, um, but he he knows his stuff. So um, yeah. So, so the the sound though, the sound quality. You think the so everything's okay on that Pioneer, like the microphone, and you haven't had any issues with it. Um, let me mumble a bit more at you because there's a, there's a few other little factors in my car. Um, right. so I go back to my 964 and 993 days. I had, um, the 964 came with something really terrible. So I replaced it with something not quite as terrible. Um, Auto House actually introduced me to Chris and then, um, the speakers were shot. So I had the speakers upgraded then. And then when I bought my 993, it was the same sort of conversation. Um, my, the, the original, was it the Blaupunkt in the 993 was on its last legs? Yep. So I put the Becker in and then I upgraded the speakers at the same time. So in both those instances on, um, Chris's recommendation, I went with AVI speakers, which is a Canadian brand. Most people go for Focals or Dynaudios, I think it is. Right. Um, like if you're a true audiophile. Um, I did... A little bit of a sort of, you know, side-by-side sound thing and um, Chris had a bit of a deal on it, etc. It's like, yep, cool. The AVI sounded good to me. Mm. So when I got to my GT3, um, I did the same thing. So not only did I swap out the head unit, but I've got re- I upgraded the speakers, the mids and the tweeters in it. Um, and I had a... Um, I had a sort of portable kind of sub, like a, a, a sub that you can put underneath your seat. I pulled that from the 993 and I stuck that in the um, GT3. Oh, did so, you? So, yeah. But didn't your, your so GT3 had Bose though, right? If it has Bose, no, it has it a sub. Oh, yours didn't have Bose. Mine had, no. Ah, okay. So um, mine's got Bose. So mine's already got that sub integrated, I guess. Yeah, but I, I think even then, I, and I... Again, please don't quote me on this. I'm assuming like this kind of sub that I'm talking about is like, you know, like a flat box that's, you know, the size smaller than an A3 page. 
right? Um, and like a couple of inches thick sort of thing. So it's supposed to kind of be fitted um, underneath the seat. Oh, so um, that's in your GT3. It it's sit, well, it's sitting behind the passenger seat huh. um, down on the floor, but you'd never notice it kind of thing. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Um, now, all of this is possibly, this, this is one of the conundrums that I had, which was you kind of realise with the GT3 there's less sound deadening, it's a noisy car, there's like engine noise, exhaust noise, transmission noise, there's noise everywhere. <clears throat> so there really isn't much point in terms of, you know, trying to turn your um, cockpit into this amazing soundscape because it's the, unless you start um, lining the doors with um, Dynamat and soundproofing and stuff, but, you know, you're kind of... You're wasting your time if you're sort of trying to go the whole hog. And when you read on this sort of stuff up on Renlist, you know, the classic, the classic, classic response when somebody kind of goes, hey, I want to upgrade the audio in my GT3. Everybody sort of says, why would you listen to the symphony, you know, um, coming from the back? Yeah. But when you're, on the, when you're on the twisties, you don't have your music on, right? You usually have no. music on? No. Uh, no, no, no. Because no. you have the window but, down. You like your window down yeah. and you just listen to the sound of the engine. But when you're driving around the city, I mean, it still helps yeah. to have something better. Absolutely. You listen to your podcast. You do talk on the phone, um, unlike diligent Nick. Um, but, yeah, so I, I kind of wanted I wanted it all to kind of sound better. And admittedly, the original system in the GT3 was shit. Um, it wasn't a Bose system, and I, to be honest, no offence, but I don't actually think the Bose system sounds that great anyway. Um, so I spent the money and upgraded the head unit, the speakers, put that extra kind of sub in it, and if you turn the car off and you sit in the car, it's actually pretty good. Right. <laughs> you know, like if you're just parked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the new so, exhaust. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yes, it's a bit of a waste of money, but from the functionality point of view, going back to the actual head unit, um, I can understand the whole kind of thing about wanting to keep your car, you know, as it was from the factory and everything, but um, in terms of the way that it looks, it's not too bad, you know. No, I think um, yours looks, I think it looks good. I think it still looks good. Yeah, You've, you've integrated it very well. On a scale of, you know, 0 to 10, if 10 is factory, it probably is about, looks like about an 8, 8.5 maybe. The thing is, like you said, I think the main point is is the logo of the brand, the Pioneer logo, and it's got little buttons, right? Some other buttons. Yes. Are, so I think it's just that it's not as, it's not very, you know, it's not in the same sort of design as Porsche because it has that logo yeah. and the buttons. But if it... I'm, but I'm, I don't know. That's what I was wondering, Stephen. That's why I thought I'd ask you. Like, have they updated it to make it look more simplified? Have they updated the system? Would you Would you consider changing it after the last how many years have you had it? Six years yeah. or something? Five years? Would you update the Probably system? And would that be? It? But would it be an easy change? This is the thing. Do you think it'd be an easy change? Would it just be a swap in, swap out? Because everything else is already set up now. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that because I actually have been, you know, because I'm got too much time on my hands and I, I constantly look at that. I kind of look at what the latest offerings from, you know, Kenwood, um, Pioneer, Sony, etc. just sort of see like what the, um, what the difference in the head units are and um, all of that sort of stuff. But I tell you what, like this, um, this uh, model of Pioneer that I've got, it's got everything in it. Like, um, yeah. Nothing's kind of outdated. The CarPlay is obviously linked to your phone, so it all works really seamlessly. 
Um, it does actually have a nav system in it, but I don't use it. Um, so the only update, the, the way to update the system is just basically through Apple CarPlay, is it? You don't have to update any no. other firmware in the system. Are there any up- other updates? Do you have an app for the Pioneer that updates the system as well? Or it's Yes. So it's got its own operating system um, and it's got its own nav in it. So you can update, you can pay for map updates and stuff like that. But because the way I use it is that you plug your phone in and you're basically using everything off your phone. So I'm using Waze on my, I'm using Waze to kind of navigate with, yeah. I'm using, you know, messages and um, everything else is basically through CarPlay. So like, you know, to be honest, like you'd, you'd, you'd argue that the way of the future for kind of car infotainment or whatever you want to call it really should just be, you've got a screen there, you plug your phone into it and then you're basically using your phone on a big screen. Like there's no need for anything else really. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Somebody else with, has sorted that out. Though. Mm, I mean, the have Waze on it is good. I mean, I like Waze. Waze is actually, I think, you know, I don't know a lot of people mm. use it now, but it's, it's, they've quickly become quite good at what they do. I mean, I know they have something to yeah. do with Google as well, or Google owns part of them or whatever, but... I think so, yeah. But, you know, in the Middle East, Waze is, um, Waze is invaluable because I, I've, I mentioned this to you before when we were chatting that in Bahrain, a lot of roads just end and become dirt and then end up in the water or whatever, <laughs> or they just there's just no road anymore. Google does not yep. know. And also the roads have road numbers, like road 1028. So when you're getting directions, it's going, road, turn into road 1028, turn right into road 1051. Like, and Google gets completely confused and it takes you down these streets in the back of, you know, Bahrain where it's so narrow and you can't get your car out of there again. You know what I mean? Like when yep. you're in the, in the yep. older part. So Waze is actually really good. I, I mean, that's what I mean. I, w- I would like to have that in my car. I really would. But I think I'm going to wait until they, I think I'm going to wait until they bring out the Porsche version. But I was just wondering yeah. if you were going to update yours because I wasn't sure how much it's changed. And I guess it, it doesn't change that much because as long as the screen is good, right? The maps come from TomTom or whoever they come from. If the yeah. Apple is updated by Apple, then as long as the screen is still good and your microphone is still good, you don't really need to change it. Yeah, and so exactly that, exactly what you just sort of said. Uh, to, my, to my understanding, I think the microphone, which is a pioneer sort of thing, which is then stuck on, um, you know, above the steering wheel, just like um, the one that you sort of mentioned in Lee Sibley's um, review, it's exactly the same. I think the quality of it's quite good. Um, uh, the sound quality to me, uh, again, I, um, there's people that are massive audiophiles, but this, the sound quality is more about the speakers, um, than it is really about the head unit. Yeah. I don't have an amplifier as well. Um, it's a direct connection from speakers. I think my car came with an app, but I think Chris ripped it out. Right. Um, right. I shouldn't get too technical, but I think there's a thing like different... 997s have different sort of systems when you have Bose and this and that and everything else the wiring is slightly different so like I know it wasn't it wasn't a small job for Chris to kind of do the install but as you're suggesting like if I think for example if I wanted to now update it to like you know a more uh, a newer kind of aftermarket head unit or even if the um the um, PCCM plus for 997 comes out so you I'm would take change a wild it to guess that. that it might be set up. You would definitely uh, change would to the OEM, possibly. Possibly, yeah, yeah, possibly. Cool. I don't think maybe we can get God's a group discount. Yeah, maybe too. <laughs> <laughs> I I suspect that to be honest, I don't. I I suspect that the Pioneer is that good that there's probably not that 
I probably wouldn't gain that much more out of it. It might probably just be more the looks. But yeah. I think that's all it would be. Um, that's what I was getting onto. I think it's only if it becomes more simpler, like a simple model look, looks more integrated, I guess. But it's it's integrated enough yeah. now, really. It's not. It's just the Pioneer the one, logo, but no matter what you have. And I notice a lot of people do the Sony one. The, I notice a lot of 996s that are up for sale in Australia, when I look at them, they've got, they say it's got a Sony head unit or an Alpine, but a lot of them seem to do Sony. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I would, at the time I remember when I had it, when I bought it, because the head unit was brand new, like it had only been released to the market um, when I sort of decided to take the plunge, but it has connections to put um, a rear-facing camera and a front-facing camera if you really oh, want right. it. Right. Um, I wouldn't have minded a reverse um, camera, but because my car's a club sport with a roll cage and everything... Um, it sounded like a nightmare for Chris to kind of get in there. He, so, he said he could do it, mm, mm. but to kind of wire the car up to attach the um, it's a lot of wiring. camera sounded. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw a video where they were doing it on something during the week. James? Yeah, so that's right. JWW James trying to on an Aston Martin where they took the panels out. It looks like just a nightmare to put cameras in. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy with the beeping sound. I think it's fine. I kind of like how it's a bit old school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how so much? Look, so based if, on the price now, I mean, it's very hard to work because this is a long time ago. But it cost you a couple of grand, right, Australian, or more? Uh, I think the Pioneer head unit was probably I don't know. I managed to kind of get a pretty good deal on it, but I think it was about fifteen, fourteen hundred bucks for the right. head unit itself. Plus installation, so probably about two and a half or something. Yeah, speakers then throw speakers into the mix, like good speakers too. Um, yeah, so it adds actually, up. Actually, whoever. Whoever bought my 964 and my 993 got themselves like a great sound system. Like, I sunk so much money into those speakers. <laughs> you should have taken I should have them. had the foresight to pull them out. Pull them out. Because when you sold your 1M, you took everything off it, didn't you? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Steve used to own a 1M to everyone listening, um, and he macked it out like beautifully. It had like the proper race seats and steering wheel. Like, he put oh, so many mods into it. And this is when he owned the GT3. This is his second car. Um, but it looked absolutely fantastic. Married. Yeah, and then, then, he, then he had to sell it to buy beer for his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> just joking. But, just joking. Just joking. Just, but just to round that out, um, so if you were asking whether or not it was a worthwhile thing for a 997, like I, I, I really do get the conundrum about factory versus not, but I would say... If you want to talk in the car and you want to use CarPlay and everything, um, I reckon it's worth it. Would I do it again? Yeah, I'd do it again. I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather do that than go Mobridge. But yeah. Um, well, so you think I'm silly? Do I mean Mobridge? I think is going to cost you know probably fifteen hundred or something at least. I don't know. I mean, I was going to do it as a stopgap. I don't really want to. I don't know. Maybe Mobridge, I need, maybe I need like, to look into the aftermarket systems like you have. Maybe I need to look into it more closely. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I did, I did get a, a, a message from someone saying that the 9971 was coming out soon and they appeared yep. to get inside information and they're in the industry. So, yep. and you know, um, maybe that is true. It'd be good to know if anyone knows that, please send me a message and let me know because that would be good to know for Steve and I, because Steve then can update. I should have well. said actually. So when I, when I, at the time that I did the upgrade and everything, I obviously went to Chris, who I knew from, he worked on my previous two cars, so I kind of picked his brains about it. And it's sort of, like, I think my first instincts was probably, um, again, it was Mowbridge or Denison. Um, 
just from memory, I think, I'm pretty sure Chris said to me, oh, for us, Mowbridge is better because it's actually, um, it's an Australian company and based in Melbourne. So he said he knows the guys and he gets kind of pretty good um, support from them. Um, so he found Mowbridge to kind of just be a better um, sort of thing but from his perspective. They never well. really pushed it any further, did they? They kind of were like the leaders there and they did it. And then they never really, they never changed. I don't know what they could change, well, I'm but I'm just saying it's like nothing exactly. Really, it just sort of sat there. Like, I'm are they still actually, I'm guessing they're still operating, but surely they mustn't be making that much money. I mean, they do other cars as well, right? But I, I don't know. But it would have been capped at like how many 997s are there? Yeah, but exactly. A, and then a lot people, less than Corollas kind of thing. So yeah, why would you kind and of And then keep... people want color screens and they want all that now. They don't just want the yeah. integration. Um, yeah. Steve can now see the thing going behind the back of the window, the workman <laughs> fixing the facade in our building. Um, your stalker, but to, to that point, um, uh, with the Mowbridge, I remember at the time for me, um, which is probably what you're kind of pondering as well. It's like, uh, if it was like a couple of hundred bucks, then yeah, for sure yeah. I'd go and do it. But yeah, that's because it's quite expensive, like, mm. and you, uh, and talk, when you get to it, talk to Chris as well, but, um, you probably say similar things, which I sort of, um, I've just sort of explained myself, which was, well, you know, for not that much more, you can kind of get this system, which, yes, isn't completely factory, but you get so much more functionality and it sounds so much better, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, your choice kind of thing. Yes, yes. It's just because Mowbridge is expensive. All right. I mean, there's options out there, but um, I think, you know, when you look at the Porsche, the Porsche PCCM Plus cost, I think it's probably pretty worth it. I mean, if it, if it comes out for the 997, um, it seems like even aftermarket systems, you're going to be you're going to be spending, I think it's going to be more than half, isn't it? If you get an aftermarket system, I think it's going to be, if you I get a know, good take system. Take a guess. What do you reckon? What do you reckon this PCCM plus is going to be? I don't know if it's 4,000. If it works out to be about 4,000 fitted in Australia, I guess an aftermarket system, you would probably get fitted, what, for a thousand less? Fif yeah. Maybe a thousand or 1,500 Australian dollars less, but for that amount of money you already spent three quarters. Isn't it worth it just to get the OEM version? I noticed what Lee, yeah. uh, Lee said on, um, on his installation, actually, how he liked that trip computer that was in the um, in the PCM, yeah. and I have to admit, I use mine every now and again too. Not oh, all the time. I never yeah, used every it. now and again, I like I have it on and I look at it. You know, I do actually. That's one of the few things I view at in that thing. I you know to see how many miles I've done and stuff. But yeah. I don't know if I'd miss it that much. Um, it kind of makes sense that they wouldn't have it in the new one, but um, he reckons he missed it because that was the only thing yeah. that was missing. But so anyway. I lost all that functionality, and I think a GT3 came with a tiny bit extra stuff as well, which I've lost. But again, like if I ever sold the car and you wanted to turn it back to standard, I've got the old. Yeah, you've got you your know, original, which right? Worked perfectly. Is so when you, you had the when you had the Chrono Pack, you had all those additional settings, so you could set wiper yeah. speed and on off and stuff, right? Things that they could only do yeah. through the dealer. You, if you had that option, I think with the Chrono, you could actually set yeah. extra things. But to be honest, I reckon the only time you, you really look at all of that type of stuff is, you know, the first week that you've got the car and you're sort of playing with it and you're reading the manual. Yeah, yeah then... that's what I was doing when I read the manual from front to back overnight. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. my car doesn't do the thing where it automatically locks after a certain amount of time. Does yours do that? When you hit 20 kilometres, the doors lock? Uh, that's a setting in, your, um, in that PCM. Not in mine, though. You can't set it. You have to go to the dealer and get them to do it. Oh, uh, Okay. 
Mine's a dealer thing. I mean, I don't know the the, the beat up Audi in Bahrain does it, but I don't know if I need it. But it was just one thing I noticed in the manual that said you could do it, but you have to go to the dealer to get them to program. I think it. if you wanted to do that, and again, I'm just speculating, but probably one of those, um, you know, those iCar soft. Um, it's sort of like a oh, yes. sort of consumer level um, PIWIS system yep, type thing yep. where you can kind of do all the coding. Probably one of those things. If you really wanted that type of thing, you could probably buy one of those and code it in yourself. Yeah, I, I, I had one. In, I've got one in my cart in Amazon. It was someone in Renlist was talking about it. I, think, I don't mm. have it up in front of me at the moment. And it was apparently the one to buy um, that most Porsche yeah. owners buy. It was one of those readers. Um, I've never yeah. bought it, but it, I, I did look at it at one point. Um, I think we've probably covered it today, Steve. We didn't cover... I, I did want to talk to you about... I mean, because we're doing Porsche owner stories, I know we haven't really... We haven't covered a part of your story and we were going to talk about that today and we kind of like yeah, slipped sure. over it. We both forgot. We did sort of mention we're going to chat about it, but we didn't chat about it. But we'll do that in another episode. Um, maybe that maybe that works with ramble the, a lot. Yeah, but maybe that one works with the when we do the episode, which will be coming up about the perfect three-car Porsche collection and we can talk about that the listeners i think that yeah, might cool. be an interesting way to lead into that and just cover your story that we haven't actually covered yet uh, most people know mine I've, I've said it so many times now people are probably sick of it but yours we don't don't know and i think people are interested to know about um how you change from you know bms and, and all these other cars to to get into a porsche yeah sure no um i think that's about it for the day there was one other thing i just wanted to mention um people that own a 991 um, and I'm sure there's other brands that do this, but James at Auto Amateur, he, um, you know, people that own 991.1s, I think, don't have Apple CarPlay because it wasn't available at the time. I don't even think it was an option. I think it was a 991.2. I'm not 100% sure mm -hmm. about that, so don't quote me. Um, but James does that Joy Auto CarPlay system for the PCM 3.1 and 4 systems, the wireless um, system. Um, which I know he's installed on a couple of people's cars. He's done some videos on it. So if you go over to Auto Amateur on YouTube, you'll see um, James has got that um, mod for people that own 991s where you can just get the CarPlay in your system, which is um, worthwhile. I'm sure. I'm not sure if they do it for Android Auto. Maybe they do. Uh, I think I'd, maybe it does both. I'm not 100% sure, but just go over to Auto Amateur and you can see that. Uh, and like I said, James is going to be a special guest on the um, next podcast um, where he's going to talk about his, his poor story. Um, and everything else that he's been up to, which is a lot. What else, Steve? We done? Uh, I think we're done, mate. Can't think of anything else. I could ramble on forever and... I think, we'll, I think we'll save it for another episode, huh? Because we're at about an hour or so, hour and ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, mate. Cool. No worries. Thank you. Have a good week again. Yep, you Stay too. Stay safe. Yep. Um, I'm off to Bahrain on Saturday flying i know people don't fly oh but, is it this um, saturday yeah this saturday morning it oh, unfortunately wow. they cancelled they cancelled our flight we had an evening flight now we've got the morning flight so we have to fly during the day which is a bit of a bog but so right it's only a short flight it's only a six seven hour flight to bahrain but it just means you've got possibly, to get up earlier in the morning that's the problem but possibly a good time to get out of the uk given what's going on now? yeah nick kind of said that to me i think it is actually um natasha yeah. didn't want to go we hesitated. Yeah. We actually changed our flight. We we're supposed to fly last Saturday, um, but we're going yeah. back there for work and obviously now. So, um, and also that's yeah. where we have our flight set up there. So, yeah. so we leave on Saturday. Bahrain's not great for numbers either, but it's not as bad as the UK and, and people seem to obey all the rules there. So, I mean, 
in that sort of <laughs> well you know what i mean yeah. it's more like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the government says people do it everyone wears masks and you know it's not really a problem so but there are a lot of cases right. because of a lot of expats from you know india etc so anecdotally like people are getting a lot more relaxed in sydney as well and i know our numbers sort of look better but you know yeah know. it's such a funny old world isn't it I mean, when this started in March, people said it'd be done in a couple of weeks. It's like, you know, it looks like it's, you know, nothing's going to change now. I think in, I even think 2021 is just going to be a write-off. I I really do think it's just going to be, it's just going to get worse and things are going to change even more. Um, But we've Uh, got to be positive. We can't sort of be thinking about it too much. We still have to do what we have to do. And yeah, but it's not good. It's not good, mate. Mm. I just think, um, your observations about what it's like in terms of the uh, in London, um, you, I, I suspect that when you come back to Sydney eventually, you probably sort of say some similarish things. It's just that we're probably slightly a bit more fortunate when it comes to the statistics and the numbers, but I don't think the situation changes that much. The problem with Australia and the problem with Australia is they're trying for zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. The UK is obviously not trying for zero. Other countries don't try for zero. But the fact that Australia mm. is trying for zero, I think, is a mistake in itself. You know what I mean? Which is why Australian residents can't come back in. Their quarantine mm. period of 14 days, I think, and you, how you've got to quarantine in a hotel is wrong. Like places like in Singapore, hotel, yeah. you can self-isolate at home. You've got to do seven days. Bahrain, we only have to isolate for 24 hours until our test results come through. We get tested at the airport when we arrive. If the test results show negative, it takes tw- literally takes 24 hours through the app then we don't have mm-hmm. to quarantine. If they show positive, mm-hmm. then we can, I think we can quarantine at home, but I, but I think they'd monitor you somehow. Otherwise you yeah. can quarantine in their center, which is, you know, outside of Bahrain somewhere, outside of the city. Yeah. Um, yep. I think Australia has to look at other countries and, and look at different ways to do it. I think they're, they're so concentrated on the zero, zero cases that it's going to, it's going to ruin the economy even more so than other countries around the world. Hmm. Anyway, this is a Porsche podcast. We're not talking politics. <laughs> this is the COVID podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, people, people listen to the end of this going, what is he talking about? All right. Uh, thanks, Steve. Um, thanks for doing no it worries. again. Thanks for um, all your insights. It's all very valuable and everyone's um, really enjoying the podcast with um, us together on it. Um, <laughs> are we done? All good, mate. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, bye for now. Bye.